0: You're listening to Insights with Exonia Bank, a series of conversations from our experienced team of bankers. Today's featured guest is Scott Soroka, president of Soroka Industrial Branding. Scott spoke with Becky Messman, senior vice president and director of human resources about the hiring crisis that many companies are facing and what is now being called the great resignation. Scott spoke about the importance of employer culture and branding and gave tips for how companies can attract top talent. I'm happy to introduce Becky and Scott
1: I'm Becky Messman, I am Director of Human Resources at Exonia Bank, and I'm here today with Scott Soroka from Soroka Industrial Branding to talk about how to attract employees during a hiring crisis. If you don't mind, Scott, let's start by having you tell us a little bit about yourself and Soroka Industrial Branding.
2: Sure, great to be here, President of Soroka Industrial Branding. I've been doing branding work for almost 23 years a lot of experience in the mortgage industry, but we branched off in the manufacturing because that's my second love. So I know those are two completely different industries, but I enjoy them both. And they actually, you know, some principles blend from one industry to the other. So branding and uh employer branding, corporate branding, product branding, and also culture services as well, which is really top of mind for a lot of executives right now and business leaders.
1: Great. Thanks for sharing that. So, Scott, uh, just for our audience, if you could maybe expand. I know many of our audience listeners, I'm sure, have seen Help Wanted signs Mm -hmm. everywhere they go. Um, Can you tell us what's causing that?
2: Well, Help Wanted, you know, that's been a problem well before the pandemic. And I think when we talk about the manufacturing industry, which I think it's hurting a bit more than most, is that there's a generation of parents who push their kids away from manufacturing. In fact, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, only three in 10 Americans or parents actually encourage manufacturing. And that's a problem. And we're feeling the pains from that because to give you a little bit of insight, I do a lot of one-on-one interviews with people in the manufacturing industry, a lot of people who work on a production floor. There's a lot of people who love working with their hands. People say they love working with tools. And When you have parents who can be – some can be very influential of go to college, get your degree, get your master's, be a doctor, be a lawyer, do something professional services, you'll make more money. When you have a strong influence like that, there are kids that I've heard and even say that they wished that they would have gone into manufacturing instead because they like working with their hands. They like building stuff. And that is – an art, I think that we've just lost over time. You don't see people working on their cars anymore, building hot rods like back in the seventies, you know, or sixties. You don't see a lot of people interested in the trades, manufacturing, plumbing. Uh, there's so many opportunities out there and there's so many great careers that you can make an excellent living doing something manufacturing related or in the trades. So. Some people feel that it's going to get worse before it gets better, but we're working through that real large gap of a lot of kids who normally would have gone into manufacturing, but were influenced not to. And I also think that culture plays a huge role in it, too, because there's something called the Great Resignation out there right now, which is culture-driven as well.
1: Can you just expand a little bit on what you mean by what the Great Resignation is?
2: It's a variety of things. It's really... If you think about it, it's a perfect storm of so many things happening at once. Let's just put aside COVID, the the obvious thing, which a lot of people are attributing to the great resignation. But a lot of research, elements of research point to many other things. Number one is culture. And culture really makes or break an organization. And you hear and you read about people who are leaving companies because they cannot tolerate dysfunctional leadership petty politics, and working in places where their voices are not heard and they're not respected. And I know that a lot of business people will say or business leaders say that their people are their greatest assets. And how much they apply that in the workplace as an employer, it's really variable. And there's some companies that do a great job and there's some that don't. And I'll just get into a little bit of a story here. I used to sit on a round table um, with the Milwaukee Chamber of Commerce or the Milwaukee Metropolitan Area Chamber. I think that's what they call themselves. But anyway, there are two company leaders. They were both very successful. One had culture really nailed. We're a family atmosphere. We take care of each other. We all have your back. And we have an open door policy with the CEO and president. And we have appreciation days. We host parties. We have Christmas parties. And we give back to the community. And it really became a real meaningful place to work. Completely opposite that, there was another person on the same round table, and he once stated that he told us people right off the bat, if you you think we're a family, we're not a family, we're a business. We are here to make a profit. We are here to crush the competition. If you like that kind of an environment, we have a job for you. If you don't, you know where the door is. I'm not here to be your friend. I'm not here to throw parties, but I will be your advocate if you do your job and you make money. So you talk about two completely different types of culture. Moving beyond that, you have the minimum wage war that's going on right now. It's that magical $15 an hour, and it doesn't matter where you stand on it, but there's actually kind of like an uprising of people saying, I want a higher minimum living wage, Uh, I'm not endorsing it or I'm not saying that I disagree with it. It's just a factual thing about what's really happening in our culture and society right now. There are companies that are making record profits, having record quarters, having record years, and their employees are saying, how can I'm not getting any of that? And that's causing a lot of frustrations. When you hear about billionaires going into space, I think that for some people, especially the employee mindset of, you know, enough is enough. And people are also after COVID, they have little side hustles going on where they're making money and maybe they're making almost as much, if not more, than what they were making even before the pandemic. So there's a lot of things that are all happening at once that are causing the great resignation. You know, when it's going to get better, I'm not really sure, but um we're we're in the thick of it right now and it's it's really it's really challenging.
1: Yes, I would agree. And as we know, we're in the middle of this great resignation. What are some of the ways that employers can retain top talent among the great resignation?
2: Not to sound biased, but it really is culture. And, you know, people have to love coming to work every day. They have to know they're doing something meaningful, that they're contributing to a greater good, that what they do every day, even on the worst or most stressful days, that what they're doing is actually meaningful and relevant. It, you know, culturally is all encompassing. I was presenting uh, an employer brand earlier this week, actually, to a company. And, you know, somebody asked the question, well, you know, what's in it for me if I help make this place a better culture? And my reply was, well, you know, there are maybe 80 people in the room. and, And I said, how many people here volunteer? And about Half the people raise their hands and I said, Why do you volunteer? Well, you know, it feels good, or you know, or raising money for a good cause. And um, I just I just feel good that I'm being part of a solution to a problem. And my reply to that was simply, what if you did that here? What if you helped make the culture a better place? You know, how much more productive, how much more engaged would people be? How much how much more would people care about what they do? And that really transfers and transitions to making happy customers. If you have happy people and a good, strong culture of accountability, a strong culture with a strong leadership, a culture where people's voices are being heard, what you can do as an organization, there is no limit. There are always going to be some people who just want to get a paycheck and they don't want to have to worry about anything else, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But the vast majority of people, I believe, if they came to work every day and they just really looked forward to it, um, that would make some major improvements. I worked with a company a few years ago out in Heartland, and there was somebody who was working 50, 60 plus hours per week. And the other of the company said, I'm really worried about this person because she's working so hard and she's here first one in the morning, last one at night. She's working more hours than I am sometimes, and I'm worried about her mental health. Well, it turned out that this person is having some real struggles at home, and her happiest place is working at the company, helping customers, feeling good about solving problems. And man, if we could, if more companies adopted that mindset and actually improved, uh, like I said, there, there's no limit to what a company could become.
1: So if we could just maybe change gears just a little bit, switch gears a mm-hmm. little bit. And you touched on this a little earlier when you mentioned employees are looking for jobs a little bit differently. They're approaching the, mm-hmm. you know, maybe when they are seeking jobs, they look at what they're looking for different differently than what they have in the past. Can you um, or do you have any ideas that you could share with us on how to attract young people to the workforce?
2: Absolutely. I think that the first thing that a company needs to do to get really serious about recruiting, attracting and retaining young talent and talent of all generations is number one, find out how healthy your culture is, you know, through some kind of a culture assessment. And find out where the weaknesses are, take care of them. You know you don't have to make them perfect. Nothing will ever be perfect. But when you go out and you ask your people what they believe needs to be fixed, they really appreciate it and let them know that you're going to fix it. Second of all, is start thinking in terms of employees like you do when you try to attract customers. Think about your what is your employer value proposition? Why should people want to work for you versus another company? I actually did a, you know an interesting study, which i I look at a lot of different websites, and in the manu- manufacturing industry, I dedicated, okay, I'm going to look at one hundred random manufacturing websites just in Wisconsin. And what it turned out to be is that the most the vast majority of companies they have a careers or a jobs page. Hey, that's great. People can go out there and check you out. majority of them that had a careers page just had well, these are the open positions. OK, well, if I fit this title or I fit this role, I, I can apply for a job, I suppose. Some of those, and I know I'm getting more fragmented, actually had a couple of reasons why I should join. It's like great pay, great benefits, be a part of a winning team. And I always say that, you know, yesterday's perks are today's expectations. So a lot of what employers are promoting on their website or careers page right now, well, you kind of have to offer that as a bare minimum but only a few less than 10% of these companies had a really strong meaningful and relevant employer value proposition here's who we are here's what we do here's here's the benefits of working with us you know aside from the be a part of the winning team and maybe paid birthdays off but these were really well thought out strategic value propositions for why people should want to apply at your company versus somewhere else, and pay is not the number one motivator. I think studies have shown time and time again over the past three to four to five years is pay is kind of like second or third on the list. People want to work at a great culture. They want to be respected. They want to be heard. All those things that I I sound like a broken record, but these are things that people really want. And when you think about the young people, to your question specifically. They're online. They're going to Twitter. Twitter. They're going to Facebook. They're going to LinkedIn. They're checking out you know, a company's profile page. What is your culture like? What kind of videos are you posting? What does your careers page look like? Are you talking about how great of a company you are? Or are you talking about what you can provide to me as an employee and as a member of your team? And why should I be applying for you? Even though maybe you're paying an hour or or a dollar or maybe $3 per less per hour, you know, what's in it for me? We have to change our mindset from focusing just on the customer to focusing on employees. And the companies that are doing that, they are not having as difficult or challenging of a time getting good people and keeping them.
1: Yeah, and I'm sure turnover is being reduced Mm -hmm. through those things also. You've mentioned that employers... Are offering incentives when they're making offers to new hires. Mm -hmm. What are things like raising pay, improving benefits, or even signing bonuses? How are they being used and are they working?
2: Well, you look at some of these strikes that are going on, and if I can mention it, John Deere, their second offer was rejected. You know, they're bumping up the pay, and the people are saying, no, that's not enough you made $5.9 billion last year. How come you're only raising our wages by, I forgot what it was, but it was some, some small amount. And again, I'm not endorsing it. I'm not agreeing or disagreeing with it. It's just, I'm just reciting the research that I'm seeing. I think Kellogg's has a similar issue, but there is a mindset out there, the employee mindset, and there's the employer mindset, and they don't always agree. And there's, When you think about what happened with COVID, okay, a lot of companies, fair amount of companies didn't make it or they really, really struggled. If they didn't have a war chest of funds to weather through a pandemic, well, then there's a phrase that the whole ship goes down or that, you know, the, the entire crew is at risk. So, you know, what companies do with profits, every single company is different. But I think that I think communication, when you go back to what people are looking for in a company, an employer trait, communication is huge. And I think that there needs to be a greater communication from top down so employees understand how the company works. And here's another example. There's a company owner that I knew who said that he was having a real struggle with his people being more cognizant and aware of expenses and costs within the company and what he decided to do was instead of you know fighting the fight every day he said hey you know what i'm going to show you guys how a company is run i'm going to teach you about overhead i'm going to teach you about profit i'm going to teach you about margins and 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 the balance sheet and things like that and granted a lot of people or fairmont didn't care that deeply about it but when he shared with them well this is this is what's left after every month you know after we pay all these bills and all this overhead and we have projections and all these different financial things we have to think about. Immediately, his people became more and more aware of you know, the expenses. He gave me the examples that at the end of one shift, somebody yelled, why didn't you guys turn off the lights? Do you know how much that's costing us? Okay. Well, again, it's a culture. It's a mindset. And I think that if there is more communication about that or more, I don't want to say training, but more awareness of how companies are run, um, would that fix the problem? No. But I think that it may soften things a little bit in terms of a misunderstanding of there's the employee mindset, employer mindset, but also it goes both ways because employees have needs as well that employers certainly aren't providing. So it really is a two-way street.
1: I guess there's one other thing that comes to mind when I think about uh, maybe attracting employees and that's internships. Mm-hmm. Uh, Can you share some thoughts on that and um, how they might work and help employers to gain new employees?
2: That's such a great topic that's so timely right now. There are programs going on. One of them I've been exposed to is Launch. And it's an organization that gets kids at the high school level hands-on training with companies And it's not a war on the four year degree. It's saying you have options. A four year degree is not required to be a success in your life. It is not required to make a decent living. If you're a hands on person, you know, whether it's in, in law, professional services, manufacturing, whatever that happens to be, there's other opportunities aside from. Getting, getting, getting a four-year degree. So I think internships are extremely valuable. There's a disagreement on whether or not to pay interns. And I think that the vast majority of employers are understanding we got to pay them. It's only fair. Sure, they may be getting credit for the internship, but if somebody's providing a service and offering a value, I think the companies that are paying interns are going to fare a lot be- better than those who are not. Are those companies that are not? It's just, I hate to say common sense, but if there's two opportunities, one's paid, one isn't. Where are you going to go? So, and also, if the internships work out really, really well, hey, there's going to be a job for you. And especially here with all the help wanted signs, that you know, that's that's another thing is the Great Resignation. There's there's a high supply and low demand of really high quality people right now. And they know who they are and they know that they could walk into just about any employer right now and they could probably be hired on the spot and earn a pretty good living doing so. So that's, that's something that we have to think about as well.
1: Great. Well, thank you for sharing your thoughts and ideas. As you mentioned, there are many help wanted signs. I'm sure there are plenty of employers out there listening to this program that will take your helpful thoughts and ideas and hopefully they will help them. So, thank you for your time today, Scott.
0: Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be sharing more stories in the episodes ahead. So, if you like the information you heard today, please make sure to hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wishing you all continued success. We'll talk to you soon.